We are wrapping up our series, Faith Over Fear, taking bold moves toward our destiny. And if you're new with us today, we've been studying First Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 10. This is kind of the, the thrust and the direction of the series is found in, in this verse here. And it says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me. And some translations say, bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. And, and we've learned over the last three or four weeks that, that Jabez, either doing childbirth or shortly thereafter, caused his mother pain, so much pain that she named him Jabez. And, and Jabez literally means pain. It means sorrow. So Jabez went through his life with the label of pain. But I love this about Jabez, that he overcame his pain. He overcame the fear of the past, and he prayed one of the boldest prayers in the Bible. He stepped out in faith. He took a bold move towards his destiny, and the scripture says this, that God answered his prayer, and we've discovered throughout this series, just like Jabez, we go through pain in our own life, and, and we can't allow pain to cause us to believe that God does not want to bless our life. And so what, we, what we've done the, the last three weeks is, is we've talked about how God desires for you to experience the prayer of Jabez in your own life. We, we've talked about Jabez. We, we brought in Abraham that God want, wants you to have the same blessings that he gave to Abraham. And we talked in week one how God wants to bless you indeed. In week two, in this verse, we talked about how God wants to enlarge your territory, give you greater influence. We talked in week three how God wants to put his hand of favor, his, his hand of power on your life. And today, I want to teach you how God wants to keep you from harm, how God wants you to live under his divine protection, divine protection. It was a few months ago, we, we have an alarm system on our home. And the alarm company contacted me and told me that I needed to get our alarm system checked. But I did not get it checked because I could enter in my code. It would arm. I could enter in the code, and it would disarm. And the alarm would sound with no problem at all. So I just ignored them and did not call a technician out. And they called me back two weeks later and said, you need to get your system checked. And I ignored them because the alarm was working just fine. And I did that for two or three months, and they got on my nerves calling me every couple of weeks. So I decided to call them back. So I called them back and set up an appointment with their technician, and the technician came out and checked our system and said, Mr. Cooper, the system is working just fine. It's fine. It arms just fine. It disarms just fine. The alarm is working great. The only problem is it's not sending a signal out to us. And so you're telling me if somebody broke into my house and the alarm would sound and the police would not come. No, sir. House caught on fire. We're paying that monthly bill every month. It would not send a signal out to the fire station. No, sir. Well, I believe you ought to fix that while you're here. 
And so he, he fixes this issue with the signal and getting it sent to the, 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 the alarm company so they wouldn't continue to call us. And, and then as he was fixing the problem, he informed me, Mr. Cooper, we identify another issue. You know, how, I mean, you know, by that time, your, red, your flag's up. You're like, what you want? Why are you, why are you trying to get some more of my money? What's up with you? What you want? He said, Mr. Cooper, you don't have any carbon monoxide detectors in your home. You're kidding me. He said, no, you don't have any carbon monoxide detectors in your home. He said, we, we, I don't see any at all. So what are you saying? He's saying, well, I'm saying if carbon monoxide was to leak in your house, that you would die. Really? Oh, yeah, you wouldn't even know it. You would just die. Really? How about you put some of them in the house too, please? You see, I thought my family was protected, but we weren't as protected as I thought we were. And a lot of people in life, think that they're protected, but, but they're not as protected as they think they are. Because one of the key ways we live under God's divine protection is by following his word. James chapter 1 and verse 22 says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You see, people hear the word of God preached, and they think because they hear it preached and, and they know what it says that they're living under God's divine protection. But, but they're actually deceiving themselves because protection does not come from the hearing of the word. Protection comes from the doing of the word. And I want to talk to you today about a very important area of your life. And if you will follow God's word in this area of your life, you will live under God's divine protection. Today, I want to talk to you about the tithe. I know when I say that somebody almost had a heart attack. I used to be so nervous to talk about tithing and giving because I know that some people don't like to hear a pastor or a preacher talk about money in church. But here's what I want you to know. I am so, so for you. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. I deeply desire as the pastor of this church for you to live under God's divine protection and to experience his blessings in your life. That is my heart. As a matter of fact, I believe this so much. Let me say this to you. As I teach God's word today, you don't have to tithe here. If you don't believe in this church and this vision and trust this leadership, don't tithe here then. But find a local church somewhere and start returning the tithe because I really want you to live under God's divine protection. And I realize, I realize right now, some of you are uneasy, you're nervous, but let me tell you, chill out, relax. My heart is to really help you live under God's divine protection. And as I teach today, I realize I'm talking to people who have given their heart to Christ a week ago. And some of you have been serving God for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And here's what I want you to know. As I teach this subject today, I believe no matter how, how long you've been a Christian, I'm going to share some insight and truths that are going to be new to you, that are going to be fresh to you, that are going to speak to you. I want to talk to you about five ways tithing protects your life. Some of you have never heard it from this perspective, but it's so clear in the word of God. There is divine protection that you can live under. Five ways tithing protects your life. Number one is this. It protects your heart 
from drifting from God, from drifting from God. I want to unpack for the next few moments Malachi chapter 3, and we're going to just walk down the verses here today, and I'm going to pick up reading in verse 6. It says, I, the Lord, do not change. How many of you thank God that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Come on, he's not like the weather. He's constant. You can trust him. He says, I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees. Such interesting language. Turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me. In other words, Israel, you drifted from me. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? He says, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me, but you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? So interesting. God tells Israel, you are robbing me because you are not tithing. And the truth is this. I want you to catch this. This is so important. The truth is when you, are, when you and I do not tithe, we're not just robbing God. We're actually robbing ourselves. I think that's a lot of times people miss that. We're not just robbing God. We're robbing ourselves. We're robbing ourselves from living under God's divine protection and blessings. And God told Israel they had drifted away from him because they were not tithing. They were not giving. In other words, God says, I'm no longer first place in your life because you're withholding the tithe from me. You're keeping it for yourselves. Tithing, understand this, is so much deeper than giving. It really is a spiritual issue. Tithing is something that impacts our relationship with our heavenly father. Giving and tithing is really a, a heart issue. We look at it as just giving, but it's a heart issue. It's a spiritual issue. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. And Jesus is teaching us that our treasure and our heart are linked together. So, so, so what, what Jesus is saying is wherever our treasure is placed, our heart will follow. Our treasure leads our heart. Our treasure leads our heart. So the, I, I could explain it to you this way. The way we spend your money, the way you sit, spend your money will actually set the direction of your heart. It'll, it'll set the direction of your, of your heart's desires. So when you put your money in a house or a, a hobby or a sport or maybe world evangelism or church planning or feeding the poor, you've actually invested your heart in those items. And there's nothing wrong with investing your money in a home or a car or, or a hobby. But those are not the only places that you want to invest your money. You want to invest your money also in the kingdom of God because you want your heart invested in God's kingdom. Your heart and your money are linked together. That's why Jesus says just two verses earlier in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth and, and mo moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Jesus says, don't just invest all of your money on cars and homes, clothes and food. I know you need them. Don't put everything you have there. Verse 20, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and still, Jesus says, invest your money into God's kingdom. In other words, don't follow your heart. How many of you realize this heart can be deceptive? 
It can be so deceitful. And Jesus says, don't follow your heart. Lead your heart. You can actually lead your heart towards God by tithing and giving. Lead your heart. Don't follow your heart. Tithing protects our deceitful hearts from drifting from God. Number two is this. There's a second divine protection that I want you to see here. Number two, it protects you from the consequences of disobedience. Notice this in Malachi chapter three. It says in verse number nine, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Malachi three and verse 11 says, I will prevent or, or I will protect pest from devouring. There's always things trying to devour our finances, devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. So whenever God asks us to do something in any area of our life, let me broaden your perspective today. God asks us to do something in any area of our life that could be our relationships or our work or in our health or our spiritual life or our financial life and we choose not to do what God tells us to do, it will have a negative impact upon our life. So when we choose not to tithe, we actually open up our lives to be devoured by things like greed. We open up our financial life to be devoured by things like selfishness and impulse spending. Come on, be careful for impulse spending. It's the holiday season. Black Friday is coming for you. And we open our lives up, our finances, finances up to consumerism and, and our spiritual enemy, the devil. He's actually looking to devour our lives as well and to devour our finances as well. The Bible says that he has come to steal, kill, and to destroy. And the way that you keep the devil, the way that you keep our spiritual enemy from devouring your life and devouring your finances is submitting to God's word and submitting your life to God's ways. James chapter 4 and verse 7 says, submit yourselves, or that would be obey or follow, or another word could be yield yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So when the devil is attacking any area of your life and you submit yourself to God's way, it could be in your relationships, you submit your relationships to God's way, your work to God's way, your health, your, your spiritual life, your finances to God's way. When you submit to God, the Bible says the devil has to flee. What a powerful promise from God's word. Some of you are like, the devil's chasing me. He, don't, he shouldn't be chasing you. If he's chasing you and winning, it's because you're not submitted to God's word. If you will submit your life to God's word and you, you can resist the devil and put that joker on the run. Come on, how many know that's a good promise in God's word? So we have to submit our lives, every area, to God's word. Tithing protects you from having your finances devoured. Number three is this. Tithing protects you from trusting in yourself. From trusting in yourself. When we don't submit to God in any area of our life, we don't submit to God's way. We decide we're going to do it our way instead of God's way. We're actually putting our trust in ourselves. And trusting in ourselves is very dangerous. How many of you realize that you and I make a really poor God? I mean, I'm a poor God. You, you, you are a poor God. 
In Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10, God was talking to the Israelites. They, they had drifted from God. They didn't realize this was a, a spiritual I- issue impacting their relationship with God. And so God says to Israel, bring the whole tithe. God says to Israel, trust my plan. Trust my plan of giving the entire 10%. There were probably some Israelites that God was speaking to. They thought, well, God, I'm giving 5% or 3% or 2% or 8%. And God said, I want you to trust me with the, the entire tithe. They said, but God, the government wants some too. But I want you to trust me with the whole, not, not half, not, not after the tax. I want you to trust me with the whole tithe. Let me explain tithing. I know some of you are new to church. A tithe is simply 10% of our income that we give to God. An offering is when we give over and above the tithe. So that would be 10.1% or 10.2% or or, or 11% or 12%. Anything above the tithe is called an offering. And God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. God God says to Israel, trust me by giving the tithe to the storehouse. Or that would be in our world today, the local church where we worship. It, It appears that some of the Israelites thought that they were tithing when they took the tithe and gave it to a family member or gave it to a friend or gave it to an organization or maybe they spent it on themselves and God says, no, 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 no. I want you to trust my plan, not your plan. The tithe belongs to the storehouse. Trust my plan. He goes on to say that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. God says to Israel, I want you to stop testing yourself, and I want you to put me to the test. Don't don't trust your plan. Trust my plan. Put me to the test. Give the first 10% of your income to the local church, to the storehouse where you worship, and watch what I will do in your life. Here's what tithing does. It protects us from trusting in ourselves. And it's so easy for you and I to become our own God and to start trusting our ways and our relationships and our ways and our work and our ways and, 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 and our health and our ways and our finances, our ways and our own spiritual life and development. God said, don't trust you, trust in me. Number four is this, number four. It protects you from blocking God's blessings. Blocking God's blessings. Notice back in Malachi 3 and verse 10, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open, see if I won't unlock the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough enough to store it. God says if we will trust in his plan, not our plan, that God would open up, he would unlock the windows of heaven and open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing upon blessing over our life. God says, here's what I want you to do. When you tithe, tithing is a key that unlocks heaven over your life. And there are people that are blocking God's blessings. God's trying to rain down blessings, and you're not catching them all. Got a few on your toe, but that's all you're getting. Because you, you, you're actually... Literally, that's what the scripture is describing. This is the best way I can illustrate it for you, is when you and I are not tithing, we're not doing it God's way, we actually block our blessings. And God says, when you begin to honor me, when you begin to tithe, you're going to protect yourself by not blocking the blessings. And you find yourself living under an open heaven. 
And friends, can I tell you, that's God's desire for your life, is that your life would live under an open heaven. God wants you to do relationships his way so you don't block his blessings. He he wants you to do health his way so you don't block his blessings. He wants you to do work his way so you don't block his blessings. He wants you to do your spiritual life his way so you don't block his blessings. He wants you to do finances his way so you don't block his blessings in your life. Number five is this. Number five is this. It protects your influence. A lot of people have never been taught this, but this is so critical. It protects your influence. Notice in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 12, it says, Then, when you begin to tithe and honor me, God says, Then all the nations will call you blessed. You're going to impact the other nations when you begin to honor me. They're going to call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. God says, if you will submit to me, you will surrender to me, you will yield to me, you will follow me, you will obey me, you will test me. I'm going to place supernatural influence on your life that the other nations are going to look at you and other people are going to look at you and say they are blessed by God. People's church, you're giving. And your life impact other people. Every time you give to the Lord here at People's Church, lives are being changed. I think it's so easy to take this for granted if you've been here a long time. But every Sunday, I don't want you to take this for granted. Every Sunday, people give their life to Jesus Christ. Every Sunday. Every single Wednesday night, students give their life to Jesus Christ. And it's easy to get used to it. Altar call is given. Somebody else got saved. Ooh, yep, they did it last week too. Yep, and the week before. So, no, 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 don't ever take it for granted that God is snatching people out of hell. And they're on their way to heaven now because of our giving and our prayers and our serving is making a difference in the hearts and lives of people every single week. Lives are being changed by the power of God, because of your giving. I want to show you a story of a lady's life that was changed. If you missed one night, you missed a powerful, powerful night. But I have to show you this powerful story of life change, because Jesus changes lives. Check out Sheena's story. When I first tried drugs, It was a friend that introduced it to me. I thought it would be okay because it would numb the pain that I felt inside. The pain of um, uh, being beaten by my ex-husband, the pain of not having my home, because I had lost my house to a house fire. I was a mom. I was a housewife. I lost my world that day, you know? And it did, it took the pain away. But then as soon as I came down from my high, the pain came back. And then I had to get higher and higher. I spent over $400 a day on drugs, you know, and you have to do unthinkable things to get that kind of money a day. To do drugs, I didn't have a job. My 13-year-old, I know it affected him so bad because he knows what kind of mother I was before. And then he saw what, how lost I got. I felt like I failed them. I failed my children. I, 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 we don't have a home. We don't have nothing. We was living in hotels. I was holding street signs for my children to have a place to live. I just couldn't do it anymore. And I said, God, I need a sign, you know, please help me. I know these streets ain't the answer. I got a flyer in the mail and it had Pastor Herbert's name on it. My son's name is Herbert. And to me, that was the sign. 
I got up that Sunday and I went to church. And I came in the door and I cried. And I, I, I it was like a crying of like, this is it. I, I was welcomed here. Broken and all, I could come in here and the doors and, and they shake your hand. The warmth, the love, you could just feel that it was gonna be okay. Even though I wasn't all right then, it was gonna be. The next Sunday, I it was still messing around with drugs, but that next Sunday I came back and I, I prayed. And I said, God, I'm giving this to you. Take this desire from me. Give me the desire to be a mother again. And uh, I went to sleep that night and I woke up and I didn't want crack anymore. I didn't want pills. And if anybody knows anything about pills, you go through horrible withdrawals off that stuff. And I didn't go through those withdrawals. I, that sounds awful, but I did it. It was gone. Like I picked up my son and I held him in my arms, my two-year-old, and I cried because I was a mom again. I went from a crackhead one day to a mother the next. The love of God, it was free. And it set me free. My eight-year-old told me something though the other day. He said, I got my mom back. <laughs> and I love that. My past is no longer who I am. I'm no longer a broken person. I'm no longer a drug addict. I'm Sheena Murray, guys. I'm a child of God. I'm a mother again. Don't ever give up. You know, this world may let you down and may lie to you. It may tell you you're worthless and you're worth nothing. But you are, you're, you're somebody, you're, you belong to God. You're worth everything to Him. Jesus Christ died for you. So give it over to God. And you too will be with Him in heaven. I mean, that's what He says. People's church is the glue that God used to put me back together. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord. God uses our giving and our prayers and our serving to rescue people every single Sunday and Wednesday. People give their lives to Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that your tithing and your giving is impacting so, so many people. And there are so many more lives that are going to be changed because of us. Our giving, our tithing, our serving, our prayers is going to make such a difference. And today, here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to know my heart. I'm just not a manipulator. I'm not an arm twister. It's just not who I am. I just really want you to experience God's divine protection. I want you to experience his blessings. Today, I want you to take a step of faith and trust God with the tithe. If you're not a tither. And here's what I realize. I realize some of you, you say, Pastor, I'm going through financial difficulty. I don't know how I'm going to even pay this month's bills. And I'm not asking you to do anything foolish or to do anything stupid. But I just have simple childlike faith. I've been a tither since the age of 17. And now I'm 43 years old. And my testimony, the testimony of people that I know who tithe, is that I've just never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. And so I don't know your situation, but I want you to trust God today. And we created a, a three-month tithe challenge because the Bible says to test God. And I want you to be able to do that. I want you to be able to do it guilt-free, worry-free, that you can trust God. If you'll take this 90-day tithe challenge card, three-month tithe challenge, challenge card, and just fill it out completely and drop it in the offering bucket. And over the next three months, 
just commit to give God 10% of your income. Just, just commit to tithe. And if God does not show himself faithful in your life, just call up the church and we'll give your money back. I want you to test God. I want you to live under his divine protection and with his blessings flowing in your life. And so would you trust God today? I'm going to ask those of you that are tithers, thank you so much for giving to the Lord. And our miracle offering is coming up on December the 2nd. My wife and I are praying. We had conversations yesterday about what we sense God is leading us to give. It's a very sacrificial, generous gift to the Lord. And would you pray about this offering, what the Lord would have you to give on December the 2nd? That offering is going to go to help us support those 40, those, those 100 children. It's $42,000. We're going to write that check by the end of the year and give it to Mission of Hope to support those children another year with a Christian education, with clothes, and with food. We're also going to be able to give the $20,000 to God Behind Bars that, that we give to keep that campus going and, and flourishing and, and, and moving forward. We're, we're going to be able to give to start new churches all across America. We started over 100 this year. Matter of fact, you can build, visit the website, buildthedream.tv, buildthedream.tv, and it shows you what your giving's going to go to and help us see more changed lives. Matter of fact, I won't even ask you to give. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you just pray and ask God what he wants you to give? Would you just take time to say, Lord, what would you want me to do? If God says nothing, you don't do anything. But I have a feeling if you'll pray and ask God what he wants you to do, I have a feeling that he's going to speak to your heart because he wants to see more changed lives. He wants those kids at Haiti to be blessed. He wants those ladies at Mabel Bassett to continue to receive powerful ministry from our church. So you just pray over the next couple of weeks and ask the Lord what he wants you to do. And People's Church, let's continue to see more changed lives together.